Hey guys, it's Cammy and it's Amanda and we're basically basic. Cammy, what's going on with you today? Amanda, all the <laughs> things are going on today because we have one of my favorite people in my house right now. I'm sitting on the floor in my living room with a t-shirt wrapped around our microphone today. If you guys listened last week, it was a piece of a mattress. So (laughs) So we're we're getting real creative here. We're moving up in the world. I'm sipping a nice coffee and Mm -hmm. everything is right in the world. Amanda, what's going on with you? You know, just coming off of a great weekend. We had a wedding together. We had the best wedding. It was so fun. best friend Samo, shout out, and Ben got married. It was so much fun. We had the best time. the The rain held off. The Lord just God was the so clouds. good. Let's just talk about that for a second. So, yes. the forecast all week was 100% rain, like two inches of rain. Not even just rain, but no, thunderstorms. it was like prepare for thunderstorms. And this was an outside lake house wedding, and we prayed and prayed and prayed, and I just knew I was like, God's gonna show off. Like, don't worry. And we woke up that morning, and it was really bad. And Samo, that was her first time where she actually like kind of got a little emotional and started Aww. to kind of cry. And I was like, Samo, let God show off. Like, yeah, it looks bad now, but let's wait till later on. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, right after lunch, the sun starts to shine. It was beautiful. It was such a fun wedding. It was. We had the best time. It Kaylee and so Russell fun. came. We got to, Russ and I got to sing together. Yes. It which was... I know a lot of our listeners love them. Actually, a lot of our listeners are from Kaylee's episode. So really? if you're a Kaylee fan and you thank now you. listen to our podcast, thank you so much. Yeah, we love you. Thanks for being a listener. But something else happened this weekend that yes. made Amanda and I really emotional. Amanda, yeah. talk about it. Wait, what made me emotional? We just talked about it. Oh, the thing. Oh, sorry, sorry. Don't get, <laughs> I was like, the guy, the oh, cool guy. I was, thinking, I was thinking about something. When you said emotional, I was like, oh, what? I was like, like, what? Wait, happened? why was I emotional? <laughs> you're pregnant, so maybe you were emotional. We talk about. Okay, so. I am not, like, the biggest sports fan. Let me just preface this. By not so, the biggest, you mean you are a negative five on the sports fan scale. Well, if I'm a negative five, you're, like, a negative ten. No, I'm more. Oh, I forget. Remember? Dang you were impressed it. with me. You guys, I'm, actually, like, probably a one on, I just a, on a one share, to ten. No, if it's – football is the one that you know a lot about, right? Yeah, I love football. Okay, if it's football, Cammy's, like, a nine out of ten probably. Wow. No, that is a lie, but anyways, I receive it. No, it's not a lie. Because I will know – a fun fact about Cammy is – like, we're the same level of girliness. I was like, oh, she'll for sure be, like, on my, like, wave level of sports. And we're just, like, a football game is on one day. And Cammy's, like, at the TV yelling at it, having all these opinions and, like, knowing what positions are what. And I'm, like, I literally turned to look at her with my jaw dropped. I'm, like, who are you? are like, you? when did you learn I'm, this? like, did somebody like, take over your know. body? I was, like, you like this? And she was, like, oh, yeah, I love football. <laughs> I was in shock. I was like, wait, what? So I forget. Sorry, you're a sports fan. Thank you. I have one sport, so. Yeah. Okay. So my husband is a very big golf fan, and so he was like, listen, on Sunday, this is all I ask. I just am going to be on the couch, and I'm going to be watching the Masters. And I was like, okay, I will not bother you. Let's do this thing. So I'm like in and out, in and out, and all of a sudden I see, like, I've, obviously, everyone knows who Tiger Woods is, whether you're, like, a sports fan Yeah, I feel like you don't have to be a sports fan to <laughs> Tiger Woods. You, if you don't know who Tiger Woods is, you've been living under a rock for yeah, the past honestly. 15 years. So, I haven't, like, I don't think he's played in a while, or, like, at least any, like, major tournaments. No clue. So, anyways, again, I'm just, like, spitballing here. So, someone could be listening and being, like, wrong. He played two weeks ago. <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> um, and so, we're, like, I'm, like, walking just in and out of the living room, and I see he's, like, starting to take the lead. And I'm like, babe, is this a big deal? And he was like, yeah, this is a huge deal. And I was like, wait, what, why? And he said, well, it's been 11 or 12 years since he's won the Masters, first of all. So it's like the longest range in between a Masters win, like in history. 
And the fact that he's been through like so much in the media, like sex scandals. Um, I don't even know he what. He had a major like, injury. DUI. I know that. Yeah. He had a major injury, like DUI, like all, literally the list goes on. Like some self-inflicted stuff, some not. Anyways, and so Tyler was like, this is just huge because this would be like a comeback thing. And I was like, yeah, but like, don't we like not like him? Like, isn't it like a, Where are we at? Do we yeah, not like, like Tiger? Do we? And he was like, no, I really think he's like turned his life around. Like he was like, it really feels like he cares more. Like he's more genuine with his fans. He's more genuine with like the media. It's not like these like straightforward answers anymore. It's like heartfelt. Like he cares more about it. So then he wins and it's actually really sweet because he like hugs his son, which in his first master's win was like 97. And he like, it was footage of him hugging his dad who's like no longer here. And he's he was like away. so close so it's, like, with his full dad. Circle. Yeah. So that, like, footage was really cool. But then I was, like, listening to stuff, like, later on, like, after Sunday. And I started seeing all these pastors, like, relate it to the gospel. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so true. Kind of saying, like, if you didn't love him in his dark days, like, you don't have a right to love him, like, in his when he's, like, in his glory. So it was, like, really – it was just – I don't know. It just made me think, like, oh, no, I may have been that person a little bit. Because I was like, like, that was me. You cheated on your wife, blah, blah, And then, and then I started thinking about it. And I was like, wait, we're all going to face – trials like that at some point and it's like realizing who's on your team like who's loving you through those dark seasons you well know? I like again don't watch masters had no clue what's happening but of course where I get all my news from Facebook yeah. my really reliable news source my sister was in town this weekend and she read me this like probably something similar to you read but this like long thing about how all of his sins were like on display for the world like right. everyone I mean talk about we all go through we all have internal mess and sometimes I feel like the higher you are the bigger the fall right totally. so it's like he's on this pedestal mm-hmm. and then well, we've talked about this before on the podcast like I don't think God designed anyone to be praised that much exactly so it's like even if you're like why do you think Britney Spears shaved her head oh I don't know probably because you're not meant to be praised that much like, yeah probably because you're gonna break it, handle it yeah and so he was up on this pedestal and he was I mean he was like the guy like I know nothing about golf but obviously everyone I know a ton me. about Tiger yeah. Woods and he lost everything. His fall was so epic. And what the what the thing that I read said was, like, talking about how, like, the first time you succeed, like, anyone can do that. Which, not anyone can be Tiger Woods, but anyone can, like, make success happen the first time. But to get up and pick yourself up after that failure and to change your whole life, change your heart in the public eye, and, to, and then have an injury, another reason to just, like, give up and to come back after that, that is, like huge completely to be praised and Regan was reading it to me and I started like bawling crying yeah I am on my period so that was real but I was like just tears like oh my gosh Tiger Woods like but really I mean you're right and I thought the same thing like don't we not like him which actually that's horrible I know that's what I was thinking who am I to say that I was like and then when I started reading the stuff afterwards of like you know as Christians like we're called to love our brothers and sisters in all seasons and I started thinking about that and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't do, first of all, I don't even know him personally. Like I'm literally just basing all of this off the media. And it's like, oh, I, I was one of those people that is like, oh my gosh, you cheated on your wife. You've had sex scandal. You were, you're rude to all your fans. Like just judging him for the things that I saw the media yeah. tell us. And I just, it made me kind of take a step back and be like, oh my gosh, you just never like want to assume that about anyone like no matter what you're being shown you know and he could have easily just been that person and given up but he chose to take the way harder route right which was to step by step pick, pick himself up off the floor basically. also i find it no coincidence this happened on palm sunday come on lord yeah isn't that crazy which oh, that's crazy because it's like okay jesus was praised in front of all these people on palm sunday like right. oh king of kings lord of lords you're the messiah and then the next week 
he's on the cross being crucified. Yes. So it's like if you base your life off of what man thinks of you. Yes, and what people then, have said. Oh, talk about like unstable ground. Isn't that crazy? Ooh. All right. So, so guys, we we could talk about this forever. So Tiger Woods was church this Tiger weekend. Woods, we, you <laughs> ministered to our hearts. We love you. We're also about to go to church right now because we have a special guest today. You guys, I could not say enough good things about my friend Lauren. She and I have become really fast friends over this past year. One of those people that you just meet and you get coffee with and you're like, have I known you for 20 years? Pretty sure I have. Um, her heart is just a heart of gold. She is such a big dreamer. And so this this episode, we really wanted to talk about dreaming with God. And I feel like what that can look like can be a lot of different things. But the reason I chose Lauren is because she's somebody that has big dreams for herself, but she also has big dreams for everyone around her. And she speaks life over people and calls out the gold in them and doesn't just do that with her words, but her life and like the path that she and her family have chosen displays that in every area. She loves so big. So today we have our special guest. We're going to welcome Miss Lauren Nelson to our podcast. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Lo. Yes, we love it. Oh my gosh. So well, happy to be here. We are so honored to have Lauren or Lo is her cool nickname. So you went straight to the nickname. So that means that like you're I mean, inviting yeah. them in. Yeah, I mean, might as well just know all about me. Exactly. That's <laughs> We're going to get vulnerable. We're going to get real. So we should just start off the bat. Um, okay, first of all, I want to thank her for being here, not just because she's going to share wisdom, but also she has been so sweet. She's like blowing her nose in between us talking. So sweet. Allergies are really rough here in North Texas. Not the best. No. That what? pollen count is so real. I know. <laughs> I hate that they like outrageous. That they can show us that because I feel like then I see it and I feel justified in yeah. it. But I'm yeah. also like, I don't I'm also like, oh, don't want to know. I'm like, oh, the pollen. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's the pollen count. <laughs> So well, I mean, the weather app literally, like, alerted me. Beware of the high pollen count this week. <laughs> like, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like, I can do anything about it. Oh, that's really not funny. Okay. So, Lauren, we did not bring you Starbucks this morning because no. we met at a super cute new coffee shop by my house called La La Land. Love. I loved it. I love it. So Aesthetically, cute. it's it just makes me feel all the feels. Mm-hmm. It's, like, sunshiny. It's like a mix of sunshiny, mixed with Dallas, mixed with like North Carolina vibes yeah. or South Carolina vibes. I don't yeah. know. Somewhere so, along those lines. One thing I love about it is their marketing is really cute and they have like all the little, what are they called? Like, well, cup warmers or heater? What, like the thing the you sleeves. put around the sleeves. The sleeves. Oh my gosh. The sleeves. Wow. Struggle. The sleeves have really cute sayings and the one that Lauren got, which I basically stole from her, said, be the person that your dog thinks you are. Aww. And I was like, all I want to be is the person that Sushi thinks I am. What did mine say? Oh, yes, nothing. Yeah. Mine was cute, <laughs> as usual. Amanda's was lame. It was lame. It's fine. No no point in even talking about it. Okay, so, Lauren, what did you, what was your drink of choice at La, La Land this morning? You know, it's just an ice cold brew with half and half. Ooh. That's what I had. That's what yeah. I was going to say. That just, sounds like a cami drink. Just simple. I'm a milk and coffee kind of girl. What kind of milk? Usually just half and half. Oh, okay. I'm not bougie. I don't do coconut milk. <laughs> I'm pointing at Amanda. I don't do bougie. almond milk or soy. Just half and uh, half. I don't do all of them. I just do one of the bougie. Just a little bit of half and half. Just a little bit. I am drinking the exact same thing as you, Amanda. I'm drinking. Mm, interesting. Is yours a little more divish? Guess what? I didn't get any. I didn't switch any milk today. You did it. No, you were there. You saw my order. But your drink is very good. It is good. It tastes like a graham cracker. Yeah. Teddy graham. Teddy graham. Teddy graham. It's a cinnamon honey latte, something like that. Honey cinnamon. I think it's latte. called milk and honey. Milk oh, and milk honey. and honey. Yeah. Okay. 
See, you guys know. Yeah, because it is good. I've what are girlfriends before. for? But to tell you what you ordered. <laughs> so good. There's also a boutique in Dallas called Milk and Honey, which is really cute. Yes. That's right. Um, that's a, yeah. We just got a boutique in Fort Worth called Milk, Milk and Honey, but it's oh. a spa. Uh, oh, it's a boutique spa? No, it's just a spa. Oh, Like facials, like things like that. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. Well, anyways, moving on from Milk and Honey's. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we asked Lauren to be on the podcast because, well, honestly, she could probably do like six podcasts with us because she does so many different things. But one of the first conversations I had with Lauren where I really got to see her heart and just felt super connected was with her was when we were talking about dreams. Um, and by dreams, I mean literal dreams that you have when you're sleeping and also just dreams and desires of your heart. When I think about Lauren, I think of someone with huge dreams. Every time we get coffee or lunch or wine or whatever, we I just feel so inspired by you and I just feel like I leave being like, I want to change the world. Um, so Lauren, before we even like get into the details of that, just kind of share with our listeners, like when you think of being a dreamer, what does that mean to you? And is that a way you would even define yourself? Yeah, I would totally define myself as a dreamer. Um, I really love Disney. Um, I'm Same. a Disney fanatic. Same three. And I just, you know, happen to be one of those people that, you know, what Disney says, you know, all your dreams can con- come true. I actually believe it. Like, probably too much <laughs> as a grown adult with two children. Um, but I really do believe it because... I think dreams are first birthed in the heart of God and and then it just comes out and it shows up in our lives and we get to step into that. So, And he's not a God that he would lie. So why not believe that the dreams he's given you can really happen? Um, so yeah, I would totally describe myself as a hardcore dreamer. <laughs> Okay, Lauren, so you mentioned you had two kids. So what are their names? What are their ages? All the deets. <laughs> yeah, all the deets. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> so many. My husband is 6'5", and I am 4'10". Um, so we like to describe ourselves as the giant and the midget. It's really fun. <laughs> um, Wait, and that. we have two children, and we have no idea um, what their height is going to be. So may God bless them. Can you can um, you tell, like, because I know you take them to, like, pediatrician appointments or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, you can tell, like, oh, they're in the 90th percentile. Oh, yeah, height. they're like, both, like, you know, above average. That like, is so 85th, funny. 90th percentile in their head and their height. I just picture so. because you're so petite and cute, like, and right now you have two boys. You're going to have yes. these, like, big, massive oh, yeah. men at some point. But and, that's yeah. so sweet. You'll have these three big Little men mama. to just, like, take care of you. Oh, that's yeah. precious. Uh-huh. It'll be really cool. Right now everyone in public just thinks I'm, like, you know, a sister or a babysitter. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm a mom. I'm their mom, and I birthed them. So there's that. And I did two natural births, which was pretty crazy. My second son, Roman, he's five months, and he is our little miracle baby, um, he almost didn't make it, and so he's a blessing. And then my oldest is almost three, and his name is Dash. Um, and they're awesome. I'm a boy mom right now. So Cute precious. I love that. And you'll we'll obviously post with links to, you know, know Lauren on social media, but you have to check out her blogs and some, her story. We won't, we won't get into this today, but your story about your birth with Roman is insane. Just Crazy. how the Lord was so present and so faithful. Mm. Like, so beautiful. Um, okay, so as talking about being a dreamer, part of the reason why I wanted to bring Lauren on here was because you dream so big for yourself, but like I mentioned before, you also dream really big for others. And 
One thing that I love about you is that you and your husband met on the mission field in Haiti. Mm-hmm. And from that place, you actually started an organization that really you're like mom and, and father to mm-hmm. these kids in Haiti. Um, and so I want you to share on that. But I think for me, I think what I saw in that was you saw these kids and you not only dream big for yourself, but you dreamed for them. Like you're like, hey, like your circumstance and where you're at is not God's best for you. And I think when God gives us a heart for poverty, whether it's people down the street, homeless person, or someone in a different country, what we're doing is we're seeing them through his eyes and we're seeing like, hey, like this situation isn't okay. And while I maybe can't solve the problem for every child in the world, like I can do for one what I wish I could do for all. And you saw a need and you met it and you Mm -hmm. started to dream for these kids of what would life look like if we could come in and tell them a different story than the story that they're seeing right now. So kind of just share with our listeners what that looked like because that's just not the standard, hey, I met my husband in Haiti and now we have like an orphanage there. So tell us about that. Yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, I literally um, got to Haiti from a series of dreams that I had at night and um, over a course of almost two years, I just obeyed like with the Lord's voice in the dreams and he would show me you know where to move or connect me to certain people and then I would meet the people in real life and it was just nuts and so um through a series of events um I realized that the Lord through my dreams was actually going to be sending me to Haiti which I didn't ever think I would go to Haiti so that's kind of crazy um but once I got to Haiti um it was nuts because, you know, I, I wasn't planning on living in Haiti. I wasn't planning on helping my husband start his organization, um, which at the time he wasn't my husband. I He picked me up from the airport. We met and he was actually dating somebody else. So we were just friends. Um, we weren't <laughs> like doing this long term yet, but um, it was his nonprofit. And I was planning on just staying for like two or three months, but during that time frame, we rescued um, children from sex trafficking, and others were just being trafficked without like the sexual side, but um, all of them were rescued from trafficking to a degree. And so, you know, I ended up realizing I just became a mother to these children, and it was pretty crazy how God started to change my dream life at night because my dreams they stopped coming, um, leading me in my direction. And I would get dreams at night about our children. And so, like, for example, sometimes, like, our kids had um, night terrors and they would literally, like, wake up screaming in the middle of the night because of dreams that they're having that are very dark. And it was really crazy because what was happening while that was going on was the Lord was giving me, uh, showing me in a dream what they were dreaming. And so in the morning, I would grab a translator because we were learning the language. um, And I would grab a translator and I would ask the kids, like, hey, is this what you saw last night? And it allowed me to really be able to step into um, a place with the Lord on their behalf to bring their hearts healing for the trauma that they were facing. And I mean, yes, we did trauma therapy. Yes, we brought in like, you know, we did assessments and we brought in a professional therapists to help them. But sometimes all it takes is the spirit of God moving through um, something as simple as dreams and just an open and willing heart to be able to step in and to um, help these kids. And so that's one of the things that would happen. And beyond that, 
I think like just being able to dream for other people, um, to me, that means that you're seeing, you're, the, you're partnering with the heart of God on their behalf and you're seeing the full potential that's inside of them that they don't see yet. Um, you're seeing their blind spots and you're seeing how you can help them um, just overcome those areas in their life. And so being in that place, um, I think as a leader, when you're when you are stepping in and dreaming on behalf of someone else, whether it's a people group or just somebody in your workplace, I mean, really anywhere that you are, um, that shows up through empowerment and empowering that person to pursue the things that are on their heart, empowering them to even fail and learning from their failures and being able to get back up and try again. Um, empowerment, you know, is a huge way that you get to you get to lead them into um, seeing their dreams come to pass. And so, yeah, I think like just when you are in a place, um, you might not be a dreamer at night, but you might be a dreamer like you just get a lot of visions for your life or for the lives of other people. And it's a really creative space that got that's intended for you to step into with the Lord and to partner with his heart and to create from that place, like take steps of faith. Don't just wait around and expect things to happen and just to fall on your lap. Like sometimes that happens, but it's also an invitation for you to just take a step of faith and to and to just dream. And so, yeah. I just love that because I feel like that's exactly what you did for the kids. Like you saw this need for them to like just practically be cared for. Yeah. And instead of just dreaming about it or going for like a short time which obviously all of our calls are different but you practically stepped in and when you stepped into that space god honored that by being like okay lauren yeah here's how you can help with the physical needs but also like spiritually like here's the ways that you can you know take Mm -hmm. away those night terrors and take away the things that are tormenting them i would love to hear like practically and i know our listeners probably would too what does your organization look like now and like you just what do you guys do there because to me like when I think about going on a mission trip it's overwhelming to think about what that could look like long term and like since then you've been married now you have two kids like I just how do you juggle all of that yeah well I feel like I don't juggle it um I feel like I just kind of you know try to catch the balls as they're (laughs) falling and sometimes they fall on the floor and I have to pick it up um because it's a mess like sometimes it's so messy but it's so worth it and we've been doing this now for six years which is crazy to think um and you know both my children have been to Haiti multiple times and you know I think like now with our organization like our kids are completely different like you don't see emotional trauma surfacing in their lives anymore you don't see um trauma for their from their abuse surfacing you really see they, like, they're now dreaming for their own lives. Like, one of our kids, um, he literally, like, I was in Haiti a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, hey, do you get dreams at night? Because I used to pray that over them because I know that that's the way that God can speak. And he literally would just, like, started talking to me about all these dreams that he's been mm-hmm. having at night. And what's crazy, though, is that's not in a Haitian culture to, like, adults, Haitian adults do not talk to kids about that stuff. And so it was an opportunity where I got to empower our Haitian staff to talk to them about like, hey, ask our ask our kids when they wake up, did they dream? And encourage them on like how the Lord makes his walk with you so personal 
And it's not just about going to church. It's not just about, you know, reading the word or having like a worship service because we do all of those things. But he is so personal that he'll just talk to you when you close your eyes at night and he'll just show up right where you are. And so it's been really cool to experience like our kids um, in that place. And so not, not only that, but we also have like a feeding program where we feed over 150 kids three times a week out in this village where they literally have nothing. Most of them don't even have clothes. And so now we're able to even just take like what we've established in our children's home, but we're able to take that and establish this in, the, in a village and our kids actually go and they pour into the other kids, which is, it's crazy. It's just Haitians empowering Haitians and we get to kind of be the facilitator for that. And so when people come on our trips, it's not... Um, it's not a typical missions trip. We we don't do this thing where you show up and you build something for us. And, you know, we don't just stand on the streets and, like, preach, which there's times and there's places for that. But, but for I love us, that. Not to interrupt, but I just, like, yeah. something. But I love that because I feel like it's, like, teaching them how to fish and then not just feed yes. them. You know, so it's, like, right. you're doing double it. Like, it's, like, teaching them how to do it for themselves. Right. Which is... I just had, like, the most, like, basic revelation when I said that was like okay not only you're teaching them to fish but you're actually teaching them about the god who feeds the 5,000 with two fish yeah you know what I mean that's so good because I'm like that's even better like yes you could teach you can hand someone fish or you could teach them to fish or you could actually teach them about the god who can feed 5,000 with whatever they have right yeah well and then too when you were talking about um God just being so personable and it's not just the church and worship and like those are all great things but I think a lot of times people, you know, like you said, for you, God speaks to you very vividly and like clearly in dreams. And I think for a lot of people who, whether it's like the beginning of their walk with Jesus or the middle or that, you know, they've they've been in church their whole lives, like whatever season they're in. I think a lot of times we make it a little more complicated than it has to be. And I think we're yeah, like, okay, sure. so if I can't lay my hands on someone and they're healed, I must not be, I, I must not be prophetic or I must not right. be able to. And so I think it's really cool that you're like, no, God can speak in this way. And so it's just asking God like, hey, what is helping somebody spiritually? What does it look like for me? Because I think it's different for everybody. And I think it's yeah. just asking the Lord and not just thinking, well, if I can't do it this way, I must just not have it, you know? Right. Yeah, no, that's really good. And you know, we don't even call our trips mission trips. We call them vision trips. Because mm-hmm. the reality is, is people think that they're going to go on that kind of a trip and that they're going to change that country. But that actually isn't going to happen. Like, that country is going to change you. Wow. And the thing is, is like, especially in America, um, Christianity is just, it's become so many boxes. And we've built this thing of what we think it looks like. And we've just built these platforms and these denominations. Like, there's almost like 10,000 different versions of Jesus in the States. And when you go to Haiti, there's no box. It's just Jesus. All they know is Jesus. Like, most of the, even the adults, they're not even educated enough to read the Bible. But they just have a relationship with Jesus. And that's why things happen over there. And so, for us, we call them vision trips because you're going to come... And you're going to gain vision for your life back home. You're going to gain vision on like your heart's going to get exposed. It's very real. It's just like you're building relationships with people. You're you're encountering God without any restraints. Like it's so moving and it's so powerful. And it's just because there's something special about being in a place where there's no distractions. Mm-hmm. There's no, nothing that you're used to. There's 
no comforts. And yet when you when your life gets impacted in that way, you're now even dreaming for your life or for the lives of the people you're working with or the people that you're around. And you're going to go back home and you're going to want to change the world right where you are. Mm-hmm. You're not just going to go back and feel entitled that look what I did for Haiti. Well, You're going to go back feeling like I can't wait to light my circle on fire. Wow. Yeah, I love that. And that just reminded me, I just had um, coffee with a friend the other day who did like a photo missions in Africa. And we were talking about just the different types of churches that we have here. Like she was raised in the church and she was like, you know, it's it's funny that like with Easter coming up, I've, I've seen these billboards everywhere and like these signs at like just different churches of like, here's our five Easter services and like yeah. there's 6.45 in the morning, there's eight, there's 11, just like all these different ones. And she was like, but when I was in Africa, she was like, there was one worship time on this Sunday with whatever day yeah. went. And these women would literally wear their five-month-old babies on them or whatever and walk miles and miles to sit in an unair conditioned room, yeah. worship Jesus on the floor just to walk back and like do it again. And it's like, I think sometimes we make it like a little too comfortable of like, oh, yeah. if you can't make the 645, don't worry, there's a nine. Right. If you can't make the nine, don't worry, there's an 11, you know? And it's like, it's it's a lot, I hate to say it, but it's like a lot easier to worship Jesus yeah. that way. And it's like these women, this is the only Jesus they know. And yeah, it just made me, it kind of like made me correlate it to that of like not being naive to the American church that like yes. you kind of made it. Um, because Jesus is so much bigger than like the what American church sees it as sometimes. I read a quote one time, I don't remember who said it, but she said, um, if it's not true for a woman in Haiti, and she actually said Haiti, which is funny, then it's mm. not true for you. And what what she meant by that was like when we read the Bible or if we hear a sermon, if it's some type of twist of the gospel where it's prosperity or it's like it only can apply to the American church, then it's just not eternal truth. Because God right. does not favor me or you over those children that you're serving in Haiti or the lady that you see on the streets there like he loves that person as much as he loves us and so we have to find that bigger kingdom perspective and Lauren that's why I love your heart so much is because you're not one of those people that like goes on those trips and then like can't be relatable here though like Mm -hmm. you you're so cute and trendy you have adorable family you and your (laughs) husband are precious like not that that is what matters but like you you're not only in that world where like when I talk to you I can't I can't relate to you because I haven't I've been to Haiti but I haven't lived there the way that you have um but you're also taking what you had there and what you experienced there into your life here and you're applying it in a way and that is what kingdom is and that's Mm -hmm. why I love what you're saying it is a vision trip because even for your life like you went on that trip the first time no intention of God wrecking your dreams probably your plans to be like hey actually this is your husband hey actually you're gonna have kids and they're gonna live a completely different life than you've lived because they're gonna be going back and forth to third world country in America and then I love that when you're talking about your kids you're also referring to your kids in Haiti and you don't call them like you know, the kids over there. No, they're your kids. Yeah, for sure. And that's, like... That's so Jesus-minded. So Jesus. Because that's yeah. not how... God would never, like, put us in boxes like that. Of these totally. kids, those kids, my kids, their kids. Like, we're all children of God. Well, and when yeah, we have, a very, we have a blended family. Yeah, when you, you say know, your kids that. are actually taking, in a way, like, possession. And that, right. with possession, comes responsibility. And so, it would have been so easy for you guys to just be like cool that was great like I did an awesome thing let me post on Instagram bye I'm gonna leave right but you felt God calling you to that deeper relationship with him yeah and I think you know something that you said um oh it's funny you mentioned that 
I can be relatable because I was actually thinking this morning on the way over here that, um, that, you know, there's so many people in our culture, especially in America, where everyone wants to be relatable because they want to be able to share in an experience or, you know, they want to be able to say, yeah, that happened to me too. Um, but the difference is, is like nobody wants to be relatable and do anything about it and actually like move on and and do something big with their life or, you know, put their past behind them and pursue something better. Um, and so it's funny that you said that because I was thinking about my life and like, yeah, there are things I've experienced a lot of pain. I've experienced trauma. I've experienced the mountaintops. I've experienced a lot of joy. Um, so I do have a lot of stories where I can relate, but engraved within all my stories is God just put this thing in me where like I can't settle and I can't fit in to what society says is the norm. And I think a big challenge for like people who feel like they're dreamers is you go against the grain of what feels normal. And that just kind of comes with the territory. It comes with the, um, that call of being a dreamer and you know, the Lord is somebody who's going to challenge you. And if you're not being challenged, then maybe you need to find a different circle of friends. That's good. Maybe you need to find a different community because if you're being challenged, then you're, you're ultimately, you're being pushed to be the best version of yourself, which means you're going to go further than you thought you could go. You're going to do more than you thought you could do. And you're going to dream bigger than you ever thought you could dream. And so it's just being able to recognize like, the areas of your life where maybe you're not dreaming, but you know you're supposed to be dreaming. And just getting real with God and just being like, God, I recognize that like you want this gift in my life. And I'm asking for it. Like just like you can ask for the gift of healing or you can ask for any anything from the Lord. Like you can ask for God to speak to you in dreams. But recognize that like he usually takes us serious when we ask for things. Ask and you shall receive. And so if you want that and you start doing it, then start stewarding that gift and take up, take God up on the challenges that he gives you and surround yourself with people that are, that are going to push you into that direction. And I've had to do that the hard way. Like, you know, yes, I can be... I can relate to a lot of people in their areas of pain. But if I'm going to talk to them about it, I'm also going to call them higher. And I'm going to call them to a better place. You know, and that's something that's really important for us to do in these seasons of our life. Um, you know, and I've had to have people do that for me. Like, I had a season where I was dreaming a ton. But in my season in Haiti, it was like I was hidden away from people, from church. Like, I was in a third world country. And even when I came back, it was weird to be back here. And so my my dreams really stopped becoming about like things I would do in the future or things for other people. My dreams were, when God would give me a dream at night, it was just exposing areas of my heart that I needed to let him heal or areas of my heart that have become like stagnant and burn out. And I had to like, it was up to me to get out of my bed and to do something about that and to partner with his heart. And so it's it's a really beautiful process that the Lord takes mm-hmm. us on with that. We were talking before about how the cool thing about dreaming, even if it's like a, a actual dream at night or even just sitting down with yeah. your journal with the Bible and being like, God, what have you called me to? What are the areas that I see in the world that 
break my heart that maybe you've actually put that burden inside of me to change, but I'm just waiting for someone else to do something about it. Yeah. But the thing about dreams is it's not rarely, I feel like, I don't really know many people where it's so clear cut where God's like, this is literally what I'm saying. This is literally what it means. It's typically a little ambiguous. You kind of get glimpses of what it looks like. You're maybe un- a little parts are phase. You're maybe unsure. Like you may get uh, confirmation later, right? Like, of what it looks yeah. like, but it always draws you closer to His heart because in the seeking out of it and the uncovering, it's like this treasure hunt with the Lord. Right. Like, okay, God, I see a piece of it, but I don't know what it really looks like. How can I figure that out? Can I uncover that with you? But I think in the messiness of it, that's kind of where sometimes we can get caught up in wanting it to look the way we want it to look and our timing. Yeah. And then it kind of becomes like a little, I don't know, it becomes almost an idol at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Lauren, you were talking about just being, you're a natural dreamer, obviously, and like dreaming big is kind of what the Lord has already called you to. But I want to know what that looks like as you're dreaming big to still hold it loosely yeah, and to still say, okay, God, this is for you. Like, I know that you've kind of explained like asking the Lord, what does this look like? But I feel like you're someone who can do so many different things with your dreams. And so with being a wife, with being a mom, with having these children in Haiti, all these different like facets, what does it mean to you to like still hold those loosely? Yeah, that's probably my biggest challenge for sure. Uh, because I do have so many freaking dreams. <laughs> um, and I really believe they're all going to happen. They're all going to happen, and I'm a go-getter. So, like, you know, if I have a dream, even if it's just a piece to a puzzle, I'm like, let's throw all the eggs in the basket and take a risk mm-hmm. and just jump off the deep end. And my husband's like, no. <laughs> like, it is not the season for that. And I've just really, you know, I think... I've my heart in my heart it's been exposed that um I've had trust issues with the Lord because he'll give me a dream and it's not happening or I don't see any sign that is going to happen and so then I just get upset and I get frustrated and I get impatient and it'll surface in my walk with the Lord or it can even just surface in my attitude and my day-to-day life I can even get frustrated that I'm a mom because I'm like, wait a second, I literally have a toddler and an infant. Of course it's not the time for that to happen. <laughs> like, duh. <laughs> like, they need my attention right now. And it's, But it's at the same time, like, I think in a practical way, you know, in the moments when I start to feel discouraged or I feel like it's impossible, I just, you know, will stop everything and I just will actually affirm who I am I affirm the dreams that God has given me and I just speak them out out of just belief and and hope and at the same time I speak over myself contentment for the season that I am in Mm -hmm. I speak over myself like I'm in a season where my greatest gift right now is being so present with my kids and and calling out who they are and calling them higher and it's calling my husband higher it's showing up as a wife when I don't always want to show up. And if you can show up, you know, there's a verse where it says, if you can steward the small things, mm-hmm. the bigger things, you know, end up coming. And you start with a little and you be okay with it. And that's often when it comes to dreams, how the process is. It is a puzzle piece. Sometimes it can all happen like Haiti. I thought that Haiti stuff would happen when I was 40 years old. <laughs> it started happening when I was 23. And 
now it's like, okay, what's next, you know? And so it's realizing that sometimes God can, you know, there is not a timetable for him. Like he lives in eternity. He is eternal. And so really we're the ones that have a time clock. And it's us being able to just hold that time loosely in our hands and just being able to be like, this goes against everything that I'm feeling in my flesh, but I trust you. And because here's the deal, I think sometimes God does speak ahead of time just because he knows that he needs to build trust and your relationship with him. Sometimes it's that simple. Sometimes it's like, hey, I'm just going to speak just so that you can trust me because I know there might be some like tough roads ahead where you don't believe that I spoke to you. Because, I mean, we all know that the enemy likes to tell us we can't hear lies. Yeah. Yeah. Big old fat lies. lies. He's very sneaky. Like, just like in the garden. He's like, oh, did God really say Mm -hmm. that? And it's like, no, fool. He really did say that. (laughs) Yes, he did. Yeah. So. Well, and as you're talking to, it just, there's like two really short, like tangible stories of, that I can think of with Cammie and I both of how the Lord, like you would have never known what the Lord was doing in this time, in this like certain time frame that showed up like literally 20 years later that you couldn't have ever known. Like. So, for instance, Cammie was born 10 weeks early. Is that right? Or even earlier? I think, like, eight, week, eight okay. weeks early. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, it, really early. Where To the point where her mom was told, like, don't have any more kids. Like, you wow. know, she had two more because God can do it. Won't yeah. he do it? Um, but it, like, kind of threw the original, like, due date off, all these sorts of things. If she hadn't have been born the time that she was born in, she wouldn't be in the grade that she was in. It wouldn't have met her husband. Wow. And so it's like crazy stuff. Crazy. It's like you wouldn't have known that until for years. And then my father-in-law had cancer, ended up passing away from cancer about three, three and a half years ago. And um, at the time, obviously, all you can think about is like the sadness and like, you know, he's so young. Like, why, Lord? And um, around that same time, I've shared this before on the podcast. My husband, we were newly married and he couldn't find a job. And th- so he ended up working with his dad like six months before he even got cancer and spent every day, Monday through Friday, literally eight hours a day, lunches, five days a week with his dad and lost him six months later and had no idea that would happen. So it's like, again, it's like, okay, Lord, like, why is my baby 10 weeks early? Why can't I find a job? And then the fruit of it is so much better. Right. Well, I think God, you know, he calls us from who he sees us to be in the future and he knows the end from the beginning. So you're right. He sees like the end game and he speaks that. And then you look at, like, the life of David. Like, he was appointed king at, I think scholars think he was, like, 13. Yeah, like, young. And then he had such a long road where nothing looked like that. Or even Joseph or Jesus, you know? Like, Messiah, the day he's born, and we don't even really hear much from his story again until he's 30. But I think in those hidden years, in that secret place, that's where it's that refining fire of testing our hearts, testing mm-hmm. our intentions. Like, and when you're... and I think of you Lauren but I'm like that scripture that says when you serve the least of these you're serving me like yeah you know you have big dreams that go beyond what you're doing right now I know you're gonna write a book someday you're a speaker you're like a pastor I mean, you just do all these things but God is watching you in that in your little field with your sheep like he was watching <laughs> David defeating bears defeating lions yes. in a hidden place where no one's seen fighting for the children that he's entrusted you with doing things that are probably messy and dirty and not glamorous and changing diapers and traveling back and forth and all of that he's using it all to refine you and to grow you 
and he's giving you dreams of the future so that you can have a vision to know what to walk towards but not so that you can you know shake your fist and be like this is what you promised me but that's what we like to do we're like this is what I'm you know what I was told or this is what you said but really he's like no I want you to to know that because it's the map that's going to lead you in the right steps but not so that you can question every detail because it's all going to come together for good and he wants you to learn to love the process with him because Mm -hmm. he loves the process he's in in the process he loves every single small detail of the process all the details we don't like he loves and i i would you know what i would say to everybody who like really says you know what i can relate like i got big dreams or i don't know where my life's going but i know i'm supposed to be doing something big or something different you know, just hang in there. Like, just hang in there and know that, like, if you do feel called to something big, you should expect a rough road because it's the Lord's kindness to give you a rough road because He wants to build something so solid and unshakable in you so that when you step into something big, you don't crumble. Because if there's not a training period, yeah. you will crumble. I mean, it's just like, I can't just walk in a gym and pick up. <laughs> what 150 pound whatever crossfit people do you know i have to like i mean i, I have to like would you break. know i would break yeah and so you have to work you have to exercise and build yourself up in the lord and so that that's what this is it's an invitation to do that with him and you know just let the process happen go with the lord on it it's so good. Against the grain, but with the Lord. Ooh, exactly. You hey. and your one-liners. Hey. Okay, so as we wrap up, we like to give our listeners a challenge. And so I feel like we have people that are listening that probably, maybe like this is the first time they've ever really thought of dreams as a spiritual thing. Like there's probably yeah. people yeah. that are like, oh, wait, I dream all the time. Mm-hmm. I had no clue that was a spiritual thing. Or there's probably another spectrum of people that maybe are like, I, I don't dream. And I don't know what it looks like to dream with God. And maybe it's from a place of a shut down heart or disappointment. Maybe it's just from a place of thinking like, I'm just content and I like to stay in my comfort zone. Um, or the I think enemy, a lot of people forget their dreams yeah, too. The enemy coming and stealing mm-hmm, the dreams. So yeah. what could be a practical for beginning dreamers? And I mean that by dreaming at night and just, you know, sitting down and dreaming with God during the day. What are some practices that you would say like, hey, this is a great first step to enter into your dream life? Yeah, I think if you're if you're somebody who has a lot of dreams at night, first off, you can't say, I don't think my dreams mean anything because most likely they mean a lot. Um, and there's hidden meanings in dreams. But also, um, you know, I would say if you're, if you're that person, I would say before you go to bed, something that I really started doing in the beginning of my dream life, but I would just take a moment to just clear my head. And I would just say, Lord, I'm inviting you into this space when I close my eyes. Um, whatever you want to do, like, this is your space. Mm. Speak to me. Don't speak to me. Whatever, like, this is yours. And I just, I want you to move in this space. Um, and sometimes I would get a dream. Sometimes I wouldn't. And if I did get a dream, and sometimes I would know for sure it was the Lord. If I didn't know, doesn't matter. I would immediately grab my phone when I woke up. And just write it down. And sometimes you can just go back and just like take a moment to sit with the Lord on it and be like, hey, did you mean anything in this? Like my heart feels connected to this. If you're somebody who dreams like during the day and you're just like, you know, you just, you're just a visionary, definitely creating space. You might be someone who just creates space simply to create, which is great. But I would also encourage just, you know, to develop that with the Lord 
put aside some space just whether you draw or you paint or you write it really doesn't matter even if you're a photographer just like create time where you're like hey this is a space I'm giving to you that I'm I just I'm putting aside my distractions and I'm inviting you for the next hour to just dream with me in this space what do you how do you see me showing up in this how do you uh, what's your vision for me in this area of my life? Like just asking the Lord questions. He loves when you ask him questions. Mm-hmm. And so asking him questions is, you know, really good. And just stewarding that, don't just do it once, but do it multiple times. And you'll see fruit of that as you want to step and grow into that. That's so good. Preach. Okay, so Lauren, I have a feeling that all of our listeners are going to want to connect with you. So tell them how they can do that. Tell them your personal social media and then also yeah. your organization in Haiti. Yeah, so my personal social media is um, it's Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. It's uh, Low Nelson with an underscore at the very end because there's apparently a lot of Lauren Nelsons. Um, <laughs> I'm not original. Um, so it's Low Nelson underscore, and then our nonprofit in Haiti is I M M E underscore O R G. So it's I M E org. Um, and you know, if you wanted to connect and even go to Haiti with me, usually I lead the trips. You can send us, send me a message on either one of those platforms. So we're going to, Cammy's coming soon. Mm-hmm. So you can hop on that trip. That's Basically right. basic trip. Yes. Um, just wait and, till I'm done you know, nursing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, it's so, uh, that, and then you can also find like on both of those platforms, I have a personal website where I write blogs and you can find our website for a nonprofit on that Instagram as well. I love it. Lauren, thank you so much just for all the wisdom you shared and just your heart. And I really, really believe that a lot of our listeners, but for sure one is going to be called to something higher just like through your words. And maybe it was confirmation for them. Maybe they've heard through dreams before and this was something where they were like really had an aha moment um, through what God's already done in your life. So thank you so much. And then we like to leave our listeners with a challenge and so what would be a challenge like earlier it this kind of stuck with me when you said Mm -hmm. if you feel God calling you to something like oftentimes it's going to feel against the grain would that kind of be like an overarching challenge would you say yeah I think like just really you know take time I would challenge everyone whether you dream or you don't dream to take time to sit with God and ask him what is the vision you have for my life because he'll show it to you and it doesn't have to be a dream at night but just ask him and just you know take up the challenge like knowing that if it's if you know there's challenges that are going to be along the way then he'll give you the strength to to go through those and so i would for sure challenge everyone just write down expect god to answer you write down the vision he has for your life and maybe even just say how do i move forward with this what's my first step is it stewarding dreams? Is it making a move at work? Whatever it is, like he'll give you your own challenge, but you got to ask for it. You know, mm-hmm. he wants to dialogue with you. And so mm-hmm. ask him what the vision for your life is. Ask him what the first step is and watch the fruit unfold. And we're excited because I have a feeling this week we're going to be getting a lot of messages yes. on our Instagram of people saying, hey, 
this convicted me and I now know what my next step is. Yeah. And I'm just going to pray. Share it. I'm praying and believing. Yeah. Right? I'm going to pray right now. Let's just pray. Yeah, Lord, let's pray. I ask God that you would speak this week to our listeners. God, that you would speak clearly, that you would make it plain. God, and in the ways where you don't speak clearly, we ask that our listeners would step out and pursue your heart and ask mm-hmm. you, dig deeper to seek out the treasures that you have for them. Lord, I thank you that you've made us to dream. You didn't make us to dream small. You're a big God. And so I pray that our dreams are the size of yours, God. I pray that you would just really come into our, our sleep life, God, that, mm-hmm. you know, if we spend half of our life sleeping, I pray that you'd be present you in that space, <laughs> Lord, like Lauren was saying, that we would invite you in to come and to speak into dreams, God, that you would awaken hearts right now in the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. that dreams that have died where hope has been deferred, God, I pray in Jesus' name that that would just, that spirit of, um, that, that came to take that seed away, God, we just rebuke that, and I just thank you, God, that any seed that was planted from this podcast is going to dig deep and is going to grow into something beautiful um and for the women that are in the hidden place lord i pray that you would remind them that you are el El elroy the god who sees god that you see in secret and um you speak in secret and so i thank you that it's not just about what we do on the big platforms god but that what we do in the hidden place is so sacred to you and so honoring so lord we love you and we pray this in your name Amen. amen that just made me think of the song i don't you would know who sings it but it's so beautiful the I'm running to the sea. Oh, Phil Wickham. Yes, that's a great. I that's love a that song. Good song. It's a good Ooh, that's. We'll put that on the on the it's Instagram story song. this week. Yeah. I sounded so grandma when I just said. We'll put that on the Instagram we'll, story we'll this week. We'll put that on what they call the uh, gram this on week. On the gram. Ooh, that's such a good song. Ooh, guys. Okay, so we know you were blessed by this podcast. Please let us know your thoughts. We're praying for you. We love you. We're excited for Lauren to do some takeovers for us this week. Yes. It's gonna be amazing. So, guys, I'm Cami. I'm Amanda. We're basically basic. And we know you are too. Be blessed and be basic.